Here's a fix for making life a better than it was. Dr. Devereaux's Lucky Miracle Hand Wash will take all of your bad problems away and give you a new lease on life. Dr. Devereaux's Lucky Miracle Hand Wash is just what you need to make life a special thing for you and your family. Dr. Devereaux's Lucky Miracle Hand Wash is on sale for the price of $7. That's right, just $7 here and nowhere else will you find it for only $7 for shipping and handling. Dr. Devereaux's Lucky Miracle Hand Wash for $7 plus shipping and handling. Just call 
Elder Yokanan, your certified spiritual advisor, is here to help you with your everyday life. A specialist in wealth, a specialist in success, a specialist in love, and a specialist in good fortune. The four supernatural blessings in your life. You can reach him at Elder Yokanan, Y-O-C-H-A-N-A-N, Box 993, Chicago, Illinois, 60617. Now, here's Elder Yokanan. Finishing out the Hoodoo Tarot with a bang and some reading. All the sayings have been a matter of fact and very helpful. Some of the other things are worthy of our remembrance and should never be forgotten. You should remember everything that you heard. This has really been something great. Something, well, you, you use facts. And some and some of this stuff. Well, it brings it touches my my memory again. Yeah, it touches my memory because some of these people I have not heard of in what what thirty forty years. Now they are the elders of hoodoo. They are the elders of hoodoo, and it would pay you good, 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 good reason to remember them and to remember some of the things. That they did. Now, the, now it's a good thing we have this person. We have uh, Madame Larue teaching us about them. But we, you know, even though she teaches us about them, we have to commit this stuff to memory. Yeah, we do. We have to commit it to memory, and it is something which you will remember. You will remember. You might not remember at all, but you're going to remember something. It'll come back to you. Yeah, it'll come back when you can least expect it. It'll be there. So i tell you what. tell you what, what we'll do. Why don't we just play, play some music, and then we will start, okay? All right.
you know the hoodoo elders in here are, well, there's something else. There's something else. But I tell you what, today we're going to start on uh, number 11, Dr. Buzzard. Dr. Buzz, Buzzard, and, that, and his name is really Stephen Robinson, or Stephen Robinson, if you want to go that way. But you, he will, he will uh, bring something to your mind. Whatever it is, he will bring it to you. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Here, Madam Larue. Here it is, number 11, Dr. Buzzard. Hello, Madam LaRue. Hey, Papa. Hey, Papa. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. That's good. Well, we have we have Dr. Buzzard tonight. We're starting off with okay. him, number 11. So... Dr. Buzzard was, I can remember him. He was definitely a connoisseur with court cases. Yeah, he was a, he was a great one with, with court cases. Dr. Mm-hmm. Buzzard, very good, very good. All right, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead on. Here's Madame LaRoe. Thank you, Papa. Okay, so we're going to continue on uh, in the uh, the elders, the major arcana, coin the elders in the Hulu Tarot, and we're going to continue on, of course, with Dr. Buzzard. So um, I want to start off with saying that the Dr. Buzzard card is equivalent to the Justice card in the Rider Waite deck the justice card. Uh, The justice card is associated with Libra, the astrological sign of Libra. Um, And it has to do with balance, uh, uh, legal issues. If if this comes up in a reading, sometimes it has to do with legal issues. A person may be going through the system, going through the court. Um, It also has to do with, uh, you know, taking an ethical approach to a circumstance, you know, what is the right thing to do? What is the um, the honorable thing to do? Uh, sometimes this card says that a person may have to play the be the bigger person and and do what's right. Um, so I want to read the uh, the verse, the biblical verse that Doctor Buzzard is associated with. And it says, I will execute great vengeance upon them with furious rebuke. And they shall know that I am the Lord when I shall lay my vengeance upon them. So um, justice can also equally mean um, pretty much, you know, divine divine judgment in a way. Um, We always talk about, you know, justice and the lack of it, especially in our community with our people. And justice, you know, it, it can also mean the sword's going to come down, and this is what it is. So 
I think the, the, the biblical verse that she chose about vengeance coming down and uh, the Lord taking venge- vengeance is appropriate for this card. Mm-hmm. And the plant that she associated with this card is Chuanjan or, or Chuan uh, Galgal root. I don't know if I said that right. Yeah. Galgal root. And I, and I believe this is uh, known, known as Chewing John, not High John, but Chewing John. And yeah. I think it was chewed, it was chewed in a, if a person had to go to court and they went to court and they chewed this, this and they spit it out before they went in. It was guaranteed, or it was it went to to, the, to their success. Is that correct, Papa? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. They spit it out in the courtroom and things like that too. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, basically, this is chewing John, and it was used for four court cases. They was yeah. Used, it was for four court cases. Yes, sir. And so if you look at the card, the card is pretty interesting here. It has Dr. Buzzard. He's standing in front of uh, the Statue of Liberty, but the Statue of Liberty has an African mask on instead. And in his hand, he has the root and he has a cigar. And so you get the idea that and he's laughing. He's actually laughing in this, in this card because the idea is that, you know, he's working with, with, the, with the root. And he's not really concerned about the system like that because he knows he's empowered by his roots and by God to kind of get through whatever situation they try to throw at him. So that's why he's laughing because he's like, you know, you can, you guys can have this, these laws that try to work against me, but I, I'm, I'm going to get through it. You're not going to be able to catch, catch me up in, in the law like that. So a little, a little bit about him from the book. Uh, Stephen Robinson, 1860 to 1947, a.k.a. Dr. Buzzard, was a famous root worker from St. Helene Island, South Carolina. His speciality was chewing the root in court, a practice designed to protect criminal defendants from guilty verdicts or harsh sentences. This practice brought Robinson in conflict with J.E. McTeer, sheriff of uh, Bayfort County. McTeer attempted to charge Robinson with practicing medicine without a license, but failed when his primary witness went into convulsions on the witness stand. McTeer's sub, sub, subsequent attempts to convict Robinson failed. Dr. Buzzard attracted clients both locally and from around the country until his death in early 1947. According to the legend, Robinson's father was a witch doctor who had been brought directly to St. Hel- Helena, I think I'm pronouncing that right, St. Helena from West Africa. Robinson was said to have wielded enormous spiritual power and was sought out by Southerners of all racial and social and economic backgrounds. And so some of the questions that you may want to ask from the book when this card comes up, you know, what is a fair way to resolve this conflict? Did you do something wrong? If no, don't worry about it. If yes, then you need to pay the price. Is something forgivable? If it is, then forgive. If not, now what? If revenge is taken for an offense, will you regret that you did it once you've calmed down? If so, Mm -hmm. then chill out and move. If so, chill out and move on. 
So this card is really kind of showing us that just because we, we can do something, you know, somebody messes with you and you want to throw something at them, doesn't mean you necessarily should. You know, it, it's really a card that wants us to take a balanced approach to things um, and, uh, and, and not, go, not go overboard. But it's also a card that says that it, whatever we do, we have to be justified. We just can't, we just can't do stuff for no good reason. So uh, that's Dr. Buzzard, and the card is, is really nice. I don't really see no spirits in this one, but I'm sure if you look hard enough, you probably will find something. Okay, so moving on to card, that was card 11. This is card 12, Gullah Jack. This is one of my favorite cards in this deck, uh, Gullah Jack. He's a dark-skinned African man with a noose around his neck. And he represents the hanged man in the tarot. So the hanged man, um, the hanged man is in the original rider weight. It's a man that's hanging upside down on this tree. Mm -hmm. And he represents um, pretty much, um, you know, someone – you know, if you imagine someone hanging upside down, they're not doing anything. They're just hanging there. So he represents being passive. He represents, um, you know, not doing anything right now. Don't take an action right now. Just just sit and, and, and don't do nothing right now. But because he's also hanging upside down, um, he's looking through the world in an upside-down way. So it also can mean that a person needs to change their perspective on how they're looking at stuff. Sometimes they're, mm-hmm. they're viewing it upside down, and they need to turn it around and look at it another way. So that's uh, some of the things that the hangman represents. But she used Gullah Jack as the hangman. And on his forehead, he has something on his forehead that's uh, African – symbol here. It looks like a kind of a crossroad, but I know there's, it's something else, but I'm going to get into what she says about it. So, Gullah Jack is the hangman, and the, and the verse that she uses is it's from Proverbs 16 and 9. And she says, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Um, and then the plant that is used here is the hemp plant that she, that she assigns to Gullah. And on his forehead, he has the cosmogram of the third eye in the Congo tradition. Now, this particular verse, um, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of getting maybe what she's talking about, that we don't really, we can plan all we want, but the actual actions that we're able to do come from God, come from the Spirit. So that's mm-hmm. I can maybe that's why she chose that verse. But anyway, she she uh, she aligned him with hemp. Now I'm not sure why why she aligned him with hemp. Maybe that's something I can look into. But in the image, she says Gullah Jack has a noose around his neck, but his face is serene. He has the Congo cosmogram as the third eye. Gullah Jack, they don't know when he was born, but he died in 1822. 
was a Bokongo prisoner of war who was sold into slavery in Zanzibar. He was eventually sent to Charleston, South Carolina, and purchased by a man named Paul Pritchard. Gullajack had a reputation as a powerful root worker with a particular talent for making protective amulets. This this may have been one of the reasons Telemach, a.k.a. Denmark Vinci, recruited him to plan a revolt consisting of only African-born men against the colonists. Gullah Jack instructed the rebels to eat a special diet of corn and peanuts the day the attack and provided them with a crab cloth as a talisman to keep them safe. He also threatened to put the root on any other slaves who spoke of the plan. Unfortunately for the rebels, the plan was betrayed and the revolt was suppressed. All the plotters, including Gullah Jack, were sentenced to death but not before Gullah Jack used mysterious hand gestures, presumably to curse all of the oppressors. Gullah Jack was hanged on July 2nd, 1822. And then she says, when Gullah Jack appears in a reading, you're most likely feeling stuck or severely limited. Obviously, he has a noose around his neck, so you're feeling stuck. You're feeling you can't progress. You're feeling you can't move forward. Mm-hmm. This card asks you to endure any discomfort, pain, or humiliation nobly until it's time to get moving again. In the meantime, there is nothing you can do except be patient. This would be an excellent time to take up a course of study, practice meditation, read philosophy, and pray. So Gullah Jack teaches us to wait, to pause, and to reflect. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to change your mind, that we don't really have to do anything right now in this moment, but just be still and uh-huh. see what happens. Uh-huh. Yes, that's Gullah Jack. Okay, next card is the death card. The death card. So a lot of people, when this card comes up in a reading, they get really scared. Um, because a lot of people think when the death card comes up, it means somebody's going to die or they're going to die. Now, I will say maybe one or two times I've done readings and that was the case. But the overwhelming majority of the time, it doesn't mean that someone's going to die. It usually means that something is going to come to an end, like a relationship, a job. Um, Maybe their bad luck is coming to an end. Maybe yeah. their single life, their single life is coming to an end, and they're going to get married. So really, it has to do with endings and transitions than actual literal death. But in some cases, it can mean that, but mo- mostly it doesn't. So what I liked about the Hoodoo Tarot is that instead of just using death, which is related, or astrological sign to death is Scorpio, she related it to. Um, ancestors, which I thought was wonderful, instead of just um, the idea of death being so finalized, like in the, in the Western tradition, death means the end, that's it, but we know in hoodoo, in hoodoo, and in our culture and beliefs, death is not the end, somebody dies, if it's in your family, they become an ancestor, they go into the spirit world, they become a spirit, so that's why I think she chose ancestors instead of death. 
And in this card, she has a, a, a little baby in a crib, and half the side of the baby's face is the baby, but the other side is sort of a, a skull or a skeleton. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really, um, really nice how she did this because there is a belief that the ancestors come back in children. The spirit of the ancestors come back when new children are born. So I, I like see. Mm-hmm. And so the biblical verse that she has aligned with this card is in Proverbs thirty seventeen. The eye that mocketh at his father and despised to obey his mother the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. Um, so that's what she chose to align the uh, Proverbs to align with uh, that, that verse with, the, with this card, the ancestors. So the plant is called the flower of stone. I have never, ever heard of that. Um, I don't know if you have, Papa, but she, the plant <laughs> that goes with this card is Have you heard of flower of stone? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard of it, and okay. yeah, I have. you know it it means uh, death or something like that. But okay, you can't use it for ancestors or something like you can use for ancestors. It's better for ancestors to have it than just death. But it is it is you know one thing with all these plants, which a person should do is look them up and mm-hmm. try to get a meaning from. A book or something from them, what they mean, right? Something like that. But the flower stone does mean, you know, something or a person is not dying. Well, he's dying, but it's he's not dying. It's a, a life after death. Life after death. Right. After death. That's way to put it. Okay. Okay. So that's why she chose that. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that. Um. So, yeah, so going into the actual card, I mean, the card is beautiful. Um, It's beautiful. And in the image, she says, the happy baby is laying in a crib. Though though her form is young, there is a part of her that is very old. The half of her face that is skeletal, skeletal reflects this internal connection with the ancestors. And then she says, ancestor veneration is one of the least discussed and most ambiguous features of human life since time immoral. Though the aesthetics of ancestor veneration vary depending on the culture, there are few people who feel comfortable with the dead just being dead. Instead, humans have created hundreds of other dimensions for their souls to inhabit where they may or may not be accessible to the living. In hoodoo, we may have access to any spirit of the dead. If the deceased is willing and we are skilled enough to make and maintain contact. And then she goes into more talking about ancestor veneration, which we know is, is, is I personally think, is crucial in hoodoo to venerate our ancestors. We don't worship our ancestors. Like a lot yeah. of people think that if you honor your ancestors, you're worshiping them and all that. That's not what we do. We do not worship our ancestors. We honor them and we venerate them. There's a difference. And so... In this card, she talks about, um, if it comes up in a reading, uh, some of the the, uh, meanings may be every end also has a new beginning. The only thing that is constant is change. Put the past behind you and start over. 
learn how to embrace the unknown. Or I like this question, do you know who your ancestors are? So when I read with this deck for myself and this card comes up, if I'm, you know, I start my day with a reading just to see what's going on and this card comes up, I'll know that I need to talk to my ancestors. I need to talk to my grandma or I, they got a message for me or something. Um, but this card doesn't mean death in that way. It just means rebirth, um, a new beginning, things, you know, one season ends and a new season begins. It's that constant cycle. So that's, that's what comes out of the ancestor card. It also can mean that you need to do a, gene, uh, a genealogy research in your family to see where your people came from. Oh, um, yeah. That could be another, yeah, to do a DNA test. Because a lot of us oh. don't know. We can't go back very far. But if you, you know, some of us, if you do a DNA test, it'll help to tell us more about our, our family history. Mm. All right. All right. Moving right along. Okay. Moving right along. Okay. Next card is called Temperance. Temperance. So um, it's called Temperance in the Rider Waite. And Temperance, if you, if, if you know how the Rider Waite deck looks, it's an angel. And um, the angel, it's, it's like a half man, half angel. And he's got two cups. Well, she, well the, the angel is actually kind of androgynous. It looks both male and female. And it's got, yep. and the angel has two cups. It's mixing something back and forth in the cups. It's got one foot on the land and one foot in the water. So all of these symbols have to do with temperance, meaning that um, temperance is really a card that means, it, it's kind of a, a card that integrates both sides of a thing, the male and the female um, uh, the the right and the wrong of things. It's really about finding that middle point in things, finding the middle ground, not the extreme on either side, but just uh, uh, some you know uh, uh, the moderate view in the middle. And so, for this, for the Hoodoo Tarot, she used Father Sin instead of Temperance. Mm-hmm. And she used she used Job Job as the biblical verse. She said, and in Job thirty eight thirty six, who gives the ebis wisdom or gives the rooster understanding? Now I understand why she used this because in the card you see a rooster with father sins, and you see him with the two cups of water, just like in the the traditional Rider weight. Um, yeah. And he's he's kind he's kind of mixing them. He's he's doing something with these cups. He's going back and forth. He's finding the right the right combination. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the biblical verse, she uses she ta- it talks about wisdom and understanding, and those two kind of go together. You know, you can't have one without the other. You got to have a balance of both of them. So I can kind of right. see how how that applies. So in the image, she's got. Uh, oh, oh, the plant that she uses is called pea vine. I've never, ever heard of pea vine. Have you heard of pea vine, Papa? I have. I have seen it. And it does. Wait a minute. You got me thinking now. <laughs> I'm thinking back. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I remember, J. 
George Sims. I remember him because of what well, they used to call him, you know, Frizzly Roo Rooster or Nappyhead Rooster. Uh, but <laughs> he was, yeah, they used to call him Head Rooster. But he was from New Orleans. He was from New Orleans. But mm-hmm. he did not. Well, he didn't take any mess. He didn't take any mess, but he was from New Orleans, and he was very good. I I will say that. And those mm-hmm. two cups are something that he used. They were something mm-hmm. he used. Yeah, it was he used them in <clears throat> divination. Used them in divination, and it was something that he he didn't. You know, people had to account of him. They had to say, well, yeah, he did it. He did it, but he was definitely one. Uh, he was a two-headed root doctor. He's a two-headed yeah. root doctor. Uh, uh, nobody could dare hold a thing, a, anything to him. No one mm-hmm. could dare. They couldn't dare, but he was a good man. He was a good man. He was a good hoodoo worker, which, which people... Don't really understand, but he was a good hooting worker. He was one, he was a person that had very, very, uh, a very, very large knowledge of the world, but his work was, was well, it was great too. His work mm-hmm. was very, very great, which nobody could, could really talk against. His work was good, very good. Now, that's all I can say. That's all I know. Okay. <laughs> well, that's yeah. It's it, it's good that you know so much about him because again, these are all some of most of these are new to me and, and new to a lot of us who are not, you know, elders. But um, yeah, in the card he has the two cups and there's a rooster in the cup. And it says here, Father Sims is dressed in a purple satin robe in which he liked to work. The rooster represents him, and the two streams of water represent his baptism as a two-headed doctor. And, of course, a two-headed doctor, we we all know that means in hoodoo that you work both sides. You do the good and the bad. You do whatever is necessary. And it says here, Father George Sims, born Joe Joe Watson, was nicknamed the, the Frizzly Rooster was a preacher and root worker from New Orleans. They called him the Frizzy Rooster because many people kept at least one chicken in the backyard for the sole purpose of scratching up any roots that may have been placed there by an enemy. He had a reputation for being able to effectively place or lift curses and read anyone. Father Sims was a bit eccentric and was comfortable doing the good and the bad. And so it says, when Father Sims comes up in a reading, it's asking you to review your position regarding your question. If you've you've taken an extreme or one-sided position, now is the time to consider things more from a balanced perspective. So really, like I was saying before, this is not about being, this card does not talk about being black and white. You got to kind of find the middle ground, um, not be afraid to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that um, and, and just kind of, you know, be in that, um, 
that space where you allow yourself to, to, to work with both hands, you know, and not just be so hard-nosed to one way or another. So that's, that's uh, kind of the, uh, the Father Sims card or the Tempest card. That the zodiac sign that goes with this is the Sagittarius. The Sagittarius, that's the, that's the zodiac sign. Okay. Okay. Next card. We got uh, Miss Robinson, which is the devil. Another card that scares the mess out of people, the devil card in the Rider Waite deck. It literally looks like a devil, and a man and a woman are chained to that devil in the picture. But instead of using the devil, she used Miss Robinson. I think we might have went through this in an earlier class, but I'll still go over it. So Miss Robinson is the elder that she chose for the devil card. Now, the devil card is a, is a sign with Capricorn. And the verse that she has here, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Genesis 1-2. So I think why she probably used that verse is because it talks about the darkness, um, in the surface of the deep. And a lot of times people associate the devil with darkness and, and things like that. That's fine. Um, and the plant that she used is the belladonna hemlock. Now, I know about belladonna. That, that is very poisonous, I believe. Um, I think a lot, of witches, you, a lot of witches use that to, to kill people or make people really sick. Um, mm. So that I know. Um, and so the story about Miss Robinson is pretty interesting. They don't really know when she was born. She died around 1952. She was from Orangeburg, South Carolina. Very sweet woman, law-abiding, but she got crossed one day by a woman in her church. The woman in her church told her that, you know, she shouldn't be doing hoodoo and basically uh, slandered her name and talked about her, and she was losing clients. And Miss Robinson said, "Well, you keep messing with me, and I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna fix you." And the lady kept messing with her, and she said, "Okay, I told you to stop. I told you to leave me alone." And so Miss Robinson went ahead and and put some roots on the woman uh, who was messing with her, Miss Patrick, I think, put some roots on her because Miss Patrick had a nine-year-old son named Reginald, and he just dropped dead. He, he, she killed him after some cold. He, he died. And so she was, uh, Miss Patrick was so, so devastated by that, she packed up and, and left town. So this, so Miss Robinson was pretty damn powerful. And she wouldn't, you know, she was a good woman if you left her alone, but she would kill you uh, if she needed to. So um, when she comes up in the reading, um, you know, she talks about, the, you know, evil is a point of view. I like that because some people would say what she did is evil, but she was protecting her name, protecting her clients, protecting, you know, just who she was as a person. So she had that right to protect herself. Um, what else does she say here? Um, don't, she says here, don't let your mouth write a check your ass can't cash, which is true. So Miss Robinson is like, if you if you gonna you know if you gonna play with me, you better be prepared to play the whole play all the way because she you know if you mess with her she she's not gonna pull punches with you, 
And so that's why uh, they chose her for the devil. Okay. Still moving along. We got a little bit left. Uh, the next one is called the tower. So these three cards in the original tarot deck, these are the hardest cards to get through. They come kind of one after the other, the devil card, uh, you know, the death card, the devil card, and then the tower. The tower is the other card that really drives people crazy. In a right weight deck, you'll see a tower, and you'll see it blowing up, and you'll see people jumping out of the tower. Um, and really this has to do with uh, – Sudden change and and a sudden change that happens where everything that we pretty much know comes undone. You know, if you think about a tower blowing up, a tower is a very strong, it's a fortress, and that represents everything that makes us feel comfortable, you know, everything that we can depend on, everything that we base our life on. And when that blows up and when that gets you know, that there's something that happens to shake that foundation, a lot of times people won't know what to do, hence the people in the car jumping out the window. So it has to do with really, really traumatic change. But it, it also can be good, too, because it clears out the old and it brings in the new. So for okay. the tower, she, she called it the big house, the big house, like the plant, what they used to call the plantation back in the day, the big house. And the scripture she has is, um, but the cormorant and the bittern shall possess it, the owl also and the raven shall dwell in it, and he shall stretch out upon it the line of confusion and the stones of emptiness. So this, this biblical verse sounds like basically a curse that God put on this dwelling place, um, and the big house was always a place of, it was like basically a, 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 it was a, it was a torture, torture place, the big house, the plantation house. We all know that. So um, in this card, she associates the, the big house with oak. So that's the, the plant. And um, the big house has to do with things that disrupt our life. You know, the tower, um, things breaking down. Um, you know, uh, just change and and things kind of falling apart in your life before they get built back up again. Um, so there's not a particular elder in this card; it's just the tower. Um, but but I like how she she related it to the plantation house. She says, when the big house comes up in a reading, they may be trying to prepare you for sudden change and the subsequent trauma that will come from it. There will be no opportunity to adjust. You will simply have to deal with things the best way you know how. And so that is the tower. When it comes up, it's like, this is going to happen. This is happening now. You're just going to have to, like, brace yourself for it and be strong and then just hold your ground until it passes by, that type of thing. Mm. Okay. Okay? All right. Next card is the star. And this is a really positive card to get in the reading. The star card in the Rider Waite deck um, is aligned with Aquarius. And after all those really difficult cards that we had, the death card, the devil card, the tower, now comes the star. And if you study tarot, you will even see that the order of the cards has a meaning too. 
the way that the, the cards are even lined up in terms of the death card, the devil card, and then this card, all of these cards in this particular order, they all tell a story. So if you want to study tarot, there's many levels, many things you can get from it on why. So if you think about it, we had the tower where our world just falls apart, and then we have the star. And, of course, when we think about stars, we think about hope. We think about renewal. We think about spirit, you know, being led by spirit and our soul being refreshed. So even the order of these cards tell a story. But um, in the star card, in the Hoodoo Tarot, she, um, what's called the star and the Rider Waite, but she called it the grandchildren, which I thought was really interesting why she would call this card the grandchildren. Um, so she, so the biblical verse that she has here is, early the next morning, Laban kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. Genesis 31 and 55, the plant that she has here is the scarlet rose mallow. I have no idea what that is. So basically what this card is that the way that she understands stars um, has to do with our, our children um, and the generations that come after us and how we look to our children as to inspiration to them for them to do better than we did. You know, if you think about the star, if you think about the star, you know, um, it, 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 a star symbolizes something that you're looking forward to, you know, shoot for the stars. That's where that saying mm-hmm. comes from. Um, your highest aspirations, your highest goals, you know, your biggest dreams, that's what the star represents. And so she likened it to the grand, to grandchildren because, in in our culture, we always kind of looked at our kids as doing better than we did, and they, they them achieving more and having a better life. So um, she says here that um, since time and moral, humans have been fascinated by the stars, not only because they're beautiful, but also because they represent our highest goals, dreams, and aspirations. And black American yeah. families, and black American families, the star would be analogous to one's grandchildren as the ultimate symbol of hope. So when the grandchild, the grandchildren car appears in the reading, it's a sign that relief from any stress, negativity, or despair is on, our way, is on its way. And so this is a really good card to have to keep us hopeful, to keep us looking toward the future, and not just, you know, be so depressed about our current situation. Okay, almost done here. Next card is the moon. This is one of my favorite cards because it is a, the astrological sign is Pisces, which is what my sign is. So the moon is, is pretty, uh, it's a pretty deep card. So um, the moon in the, in the regular Rider weight is a picture of a moon, and you see um, the moon, and you see this stream, and you see a dog and a wolf, and all these symbolisms in there. If you study the Rider Waite, you'll come to know what they mean, or you'll have an understanding of them. So the moon, if you really think about it, has to do with the subconscious mind. It has to do with everything that is hidden, everything that is below the surface, uh, the occult, uh, the hidden knowledge, the hidden truth. Um, 
It also has to do with uh, femininity because, you know, the female body lines with the moon cycles. So it has to do with the feminine. Um, it also has to do with people's psychological state. You know, that whole term, he's loony, lunacy, that comes from the word lunar, moon. So when this card comes up, a lot of times it could be a person that's dealing with some psychological or emotional issues. Um, and there, it, it talks about our moods because we know the moon affects people's moods. You know that when it's a full moon, people go crazy as hell. So mm-hmm. that's some of the things that, that the moon affects the tide. So a lot of things are affected by the moon. So what was interesting is that instead of saying the moon in the hoodoo, she has pa, like father, mm-hmm. but pa. And I couldn't figure out why she used a man, not a particular elder, but just she associated the moon with the masculine instead of associating it with the feminine. Because usually when we think of masculine, we think of the sun. But she associated the masculine with the moon. So this, this spin was really, really profound. So the biblical verse she has here is, and for the precious fruit brought forth by the sun, and for the precious fruit brought forth by the moon. So um, that's what she chose. And if you have the book, you can meditate on it and see what you get. Uh, the plant that she used is the moonflower, which I thought was appropriate. Never heard of moonflower, but I can see why she chose that. And so basically from how I understand this is that the reason why she chose this card to be aligned with the masculine, one, if you look in the picture uh, this man is obviously um, wearing a fez hat, and he's in a secret society. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of African American men who were Masons or into d- different secret societies, they you know they wore those hats, and they had different um, different regalia on that you could tell they were part of those groups. So the reason why she chose a man is because she said that really in all non-Western culture, the man was always associated with the moon instead of the female because men were always kind of in the background of society, at least in black culture. Men, you know, kind of were in the background. They lived kind of secretive life a lot of times. Sometimes men had whole other families that women didn't know about. They had whole other lives that their wives didn't know about. And so mm-hmm. that's why she chose, she chose the moon because from her perspective, men were more in the background in African-American culture, and, and women were the ones that were more out in the community, which is true, which is true. So she says here um, that when Pa appears in a reading, you are asked, you are being asked to consider that you may not know everything there is to know about the situation at hand. Not only that, but the details are possibly being purposely hidden from you. Most likely there is no concrete proof that you are being deceived, but you undoubtedly sense that something is wrong. So with, again, with the moon, it's like things are not really clear. You know that something's not right, but you don't have all the information you may be deceived by someone. It could also mean that you're kind of delusional. You, you know, things, you don't have a clear, you can't clearly see what the situation is. You may be delusional. 
and everything's kind of shady right now. So I can see why she associated that with Pa for the moon. Okay. Um, and that card. Yeah, it was really good. Good call for that one. All right. So now that we talked about the moon, now we're going to go to the sun. So the sun card um, in the Rider Waite is literally a picture of a sun with a little naked baby running on a white horse. And usually in the traditional Rider Waite, that card is associated with being positive, being happy, um, things going your way. You know, when we think about the sun, we think about all that good stuff. So it's a very positive card. It almost doesn't have any, it has no negative meaning to it at all, at all. So what she did in her Hulu Tarot, she associated Big Mama with the sun. And I thought this was, this was true. Um, because when we think about Big Mama or the matriarch of our family or community, she was always the woman that everybody knew in the community, very outgoing personality, she would, you know, kind of like, I don't know if people still do this now, but maybe in some, you know, some neighborhoods they do. Like, she would be the one to welcome new people to the community. She was always there to give, you know, make meals for people. She was known in the church. You know, everyone knew Big Mama. And so I can see why she aligned her with the son, because that's someone that has a very outgoing personality. They're always positive. They're always looking on the positive side. And people really look up to them, you know, in their life. And so that's why she chose Big Mama. This is a really nice card. She has a plate of cornbread here. She's probably bringing over to somebody. And she's wearing a key, which I thought was, was pretty, uh, that's pretty cool. The key symbolizes wisdom. So we know Big Mama was always wise. She always had something wise to say. You could go to her if you had troubles or problems. And so they, the, 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 flower, the plant that she used for Big Mama is the sunflower, and that, that's true. That's, you know, you think about the sunflower, they're big, they're bright, everybody loves them. I can see why she assigned that. And so this is, again, not a particular person, but it's the, it's the uh, archetype of the Big Mama, not a specific Big Mama elder, but just the archetype, just the, the spirit of Big Mama. And um, she says here, when you receive a reading and Big Mama comes up, you better believe that no matter how dark it is now, the light is coming and everything is going to be all right. So that's how Big Mama made you feel, like no matter what, it's going to be all right. And so it says here, Big Mama may also be speaking about being willing and able to share your glory, your light, and your powers with others. This is not the time to lay low. This is your time to shine. So that's Big Mama. And she's got her typical church Sunday hat on, too. So she's uh, stepping out. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, last two cards here for the elders are the last, well, the second to the last is judgment. The judgment card. In the right of weight, Death, the judgment card, again, it kind of scares people because you see an angel and the angel's blowing a trumpet and people are rising out of their graves. So really, the judgment card has to do with the resurrection of the dead. And remember I said the Rider Waite has a lot of biblical sy symbolism in there. 
And if you study the right of way, you can see the Bible from front to back in that whole right of way if you study mm-hmm. it. So the, so the judgment card, um, she named them bones. She renamed it them bones, like throwing bones. And I can see why, because in the judgment card, it talks about resurrection. And, and when you study the, the original tarot, it talks about, in a, uh, I think it's in Ezekiel, the scripture that talks about, you know, can these bones live? And, and, mm-hmm. and the spirit coming back into the bones. So that's yeah. why she chose them bones. And the the verse she has here is John seven twenty four. Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. And so the judgment card, when that comes up in the reading, you know, people say, Okay, like, you know, be careful how you judge, be careful the way that you you look at someone and you make these statements about them. But even bigger than that, it's really about um, coming to a particular point in time where you got to reevaluate everything. Because when we think mm-hmm. about judgment, that's what we think about. We think about, okay, you're being assessed right now in this point of time. Every, you know, everything you've done in your life is, 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 on, is on show right now. That's kind of like the judgment card. So the plant she has is the Carolina buckthorn. And she says here, ask, uh, I'm going to butcher this word, but ascrolamacy, meaning divination using bones or dice, was practiced by indigenous American and African people. Divination with bones requires the reader to associate different meanings with each bone based on where and how they land. The bones of chickens and cats were the most commonly used, but other small and medium-sized animals were also acceptable. Contrary to popular belief, the choice of which animal to use was strictly up to each individual root worker. A set of them bones could include not only the remains of an animal, but also items such as keys, seashell, and crystals. Like other forms of divination, all the items in the reader's set had clear associations but it's a reader's innate talent that determines the accuracy. So she basically called this the bones. You're throwing the bones. You're going to get all kinds of information. And in the card, there's a woman that's getting a reading, a bone reading, and she looks shocked because whatever information came out, it was pretty, you know, it was pretty intense. So that's um, the card for judgment, them bones, which I thought was really good. I have a set of bones. And I can't read. I can't read them for nothing. I think you know. I think there's a special. I can't read those bones for nothing. I I tried and I just can't do it. So I just they just in there. Um, oh boy. That's it. Okay. Final card is the world. So in the writer weight, the world is a woman, and she's naked, and she's um, kind of in this. Reef. There's a reef, and she's naked, and she's coming through the reef. Um, a lot of other symbolisms in there. But basically, the world is the final card. It's the culmination of everything. Um, it's like you're coming into the world. You've made your mark. You've accomplished everything. This is your time to be acknowledged. You've, you've done the hard work. You've, you've done the journey. 
um, you're successful. So in this card, in the Hoodoo Tarot, she called, she called the world the garden, the garden. And the verse she has here is, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your, your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never, never fail. And the plant is the cosmos plant. Um, and she says here, a woman is happily watering her garden. Prior to the industrial, industrial revolution, most Americans were farmers by trade. It was hard work, but people took great pride in knowing that the produce that fed and cured their families was grown by their own hands. So um, when you think about a garden, how rewarding that is. We talked about, like, the world car having to do it, and you, and you, you know, you, 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 you reaping the fruits of your hard work. So that's why I believe she used the garden, because, like, if you, if you know about gardening, you know, you work in it, you toil in it, you... You, you nurture it, and then when you get that fruit in, it's very rewarding and very satisfying because you grew it with your hands. You put the work in. You put the sweat in. And so um, she says here, when the garden appears in a reading, it's letting you know that you're successfully taking care of business, and it's time to reap all the goodness that you sown, and you need to count your blessings. Um, and uh, so some of the other, she, she says, if you receive the garden in a reading, consider the following. Stop and smell the roses. Learn the art of being content. You've made it. Now enjoy it. The solution has arrived. There is nothing more to seek. Um, so really it's a card of just, just being successful and enjoying the fruits of your success. It's the last card in the major arcana, and it means that you've basically been through the whole journey, starting with the fool, going all the way through to the world. And if you study those, those 22 cards, you will see they, um, it tells a story about a person going through, starting off as the fool, starting off as the child or the, the initiate or the, you know, the, um, you know, the person that really doesn't know too much and the person going through each card has a significance in our life. The tarot actually is the story of your life. That's really what it is. And mm-hmm. so she did a really, a really good job. Um, she did an excellent job with this deck. I mean, especially those, those uh, the 22 majors that she called the elders. It, it's just wonderful. And like I said, I can't tell people enough to buy this deck um, while it's in print. It should be in print for a while. It just came out. But sometimes with these decks, if, you know, if they're, if they're not selling a lot, you know, they, after a while they don't print them anymore. You know, yeah. so you just want to make sure you, you get, your, get your copy before that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Madame LaRue. We thank you very much for what you've done so far for us. And most of all, we thank you for your explanations. They were very, very good. Very good. Well, let's listen to some to some music, okay? And then we will be right back.
flying away from you is your money before you get it, then you need a miracle from Almighty God. Other your kind is your certified spiritual advisor. He helps with all spiritual and metaphysical problems. No matter how big or how small, God uses Elder O'Connor to get rid of them all. Elder O'Connor can look at the muddy water of deceit and see dry land, the good life, here and far away, too. Elder O'Connor helps married people and their children. He takes them off the streets, off the Bible, out of, off of drugs and out of jail. Elder O'Connor doesn't use tarot or a crystal ball. He uses the mighty hand of God to see yesterday, today, and tomorrow, to help you in your everyday life. Elder O'Connor gets you out of trouble and puts you into the favorite life of peace, prosperity, and paradise. Yes, have no further questions? Then contact Elder O'Connor at 1-800-ASK-KING, extension 055-9865. That's 1-800-ASK-KING. Extension zero five five nine eight six five one eight hundred ask king extension zero five five nine eight six five remember there is no problem too big or too small. God used the elder O'Connor to get rid of them all. Well, I tell you, we have had a showing up good time. A show no good time, and we do, we do appreciate this work on the Hoodoo Tarot. And, you know, some people really, really, really don't know it. They don't know it, but, you know, even though uh, Madame LaRue is here, She's also an accomplished table reader, her own self. And I would like her to give her a number in case you want to get in touch with her. Okay, take her number. Take her number and her name and write it down. Okay, now, now Miss LaRoe? Yes. Madam LaRoe? Yeah, could you give us your number, please? Sure, sure. So you can reach me. Um... Madame LaRue, that's L-A capital R-U-E, and my number is 480-430-9551. That's 480-430-9551. I am available um, pretty much uh, anytime, pretty much anytime to do phone readings. For anyone that's interested. Okay, okay. Well, we we will remember that. That's area code four eight zero four three zero nine five five one. Everyone should at least use that number at least once. Why don't you call her, give her, and just take a chance. Just take a chance. She is one of the most accomplished tarot readers that I know. That I know. I'm telling you, I don't use tarot, but this girl does. She uses tarot and she uses it good. So you can try and use her and just see, see 
if the if whatever she tells you comes to pass. See if what she tells you comes to pass. You don't know. You don't know. She might even use the hoodoo tarot. Who knows what she'll use. So you can go and use it. You can go in and and contact her at four eight zero four three zero nine five five one. Okay. Now, now we have one other thing. We have one other thing. That is the number. The number for today is three two. No, let me let me let me tell you like it is. It is the quick instant blessing. The number for the quick instant blessing is three two eight six. Three two eight six. Now, here's the other number. And you write them down rather right quickly. Here's the other number. Twenty six. Twenty nine. Thirty one. Forty. Forty four. Forty six. And twelve. Twenty six. Twenty nine. Thirty one, forty, forty four, and forty six, and the extra number is twelve. Now you can you can take those numbers and do what you want with them. Do what you want with them, but they, it will help somebody. So, well, that gives that that's all we can do now. The Lord has been good to us. He has been really good. And I do tell you, I tell you, just go ahead and love somebody. Today, well, let me get you right. Let me do it right. We are, we are concluding, but this, let me do it right. Remember to love somebody. Because the Lord himself loves you. Now, remember remember that. He loves you. 